0: The church has failed on talking about these issues. And- welcome to Coffee Culture and the Capital with Sophia and Greg.
1: Well, welcome everybody. Uh, glad to have you. Um, as always, I'm here with Sophia Lori, um, and this is Greg Burke. And uh, we are have a, a great show for you planned today. Um, first, we're going to talking about free speech in a lawsuit that has been filed, uh, which Sophia is actually personally involved in. So that's going to be exciting. Um, we're also going to be talking about a victory down in San Diego. Uh, if you just watch some of our previous programs, uh, San Diego supervisor was introducing a resolution and a plan to attack pregnancy care centers and we got some positive information to talk about um because her plan's been withdrawn so and we're also going to be talking about california family council is putting out scorecards. we are grading our legislators up here at the state capitol and we are going to reveal the results to you so So that's what we got going for us. And so let's start with our first interview. I want to uh, introduce uh, Tyson Langhofer. He is the Senior Counsel and Director of the Center for Academic Freedom for Alliance Defending Freedom. Welcome, Tyson.
2: Hey, thanks so much for having me.
1: And of course we have Sophia here and uh, she's also part of this interview because Uh, Tyson is going to be uh, defending her um, as well as several other organizations in a free speech case um, regarding a library uh, just north of Sacramento uh, in Yolo County that violated uh, Sophia's freedom of speech. Um, And so we're going to talk about that lawsuit. But just to give you some kind of context to what happened, um, we are going to show a short video. So, why don't we get that rolling, then we can talk about it.
0: I was able to live out my dream. But current 10 year old girls cannot live out the same dream as long as men are allowed to compete in women's sports. So, now, no matter how hard girls work,
2: uh, you can't do that. You just, just so okay.
0: Okay. biological men. Biological men can compete say that in
2: women's sports. I, I will give you one
0: more Keep morning. going. Okay. Nobody has to be here. Can you guys please? No. So no matter how far biologically girls work, they will, know, they will never be able to be physiologically faster and stronger than biological men that are trying to pay and biological female sports. <laughs> Allowing biological men in women's sports does not create an equal playing field but instead robs young biological girls of their athletic aspirations.
2: <laughs> when I played college soccer, when I played college soccer my freshman year,
0: this you? you, need to, you need to,
2: why am I being asked to me? You're not. You're about, you have a licensed California attorney right no, here.
0: Please listen. Oh,
1: you well you right about discrimination. For you. Well, that was kind of a, a chaotic uh, event. Um, you're trying to give a speech, and so just to set this up, uh, you were invited to this library a public library by moms for liberty and you as a former soccer player in college uh you played for vanguard um you wanted to talk about that the fact that uh men should not be allowed in a women's sports it was a simple topic um, of conversation and so what happened uh when you started talking what 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 was all that chaos
0: yeah, as you could see in the video, I was there simply just to share my story about being a college athlete. I began by explaining that at 10 years old, my goal was to become a college soccer player and that I achieved that goal. Like you mentioned, I played soccer at Vanguard University in Southern California. And my heart breaks because current 10 year old girls they do not have the ability to achieve the same goal as long as men are playing in women's sports and you can see the second I said that in the video the crowd began to heckle and then eventually I changed the language to biological males and biological females hoping that would keep the event going on and the librarian then shut down anyways and you can see at the end of that video where he said for saying that men are in women's sports.
1: So what exactly, what rule did he have that he said you violated?
0: Well, he began to go into saying that it was part of California law and the library policy. We know neither of those are true. So, I mean, if Tyson, if you want to dive into that.
2: Yeah. I mean, so he, he, he said that California law prohibits misgendering, which again, we, that's not true. There is no California law that prohibits misgendering. But even if there was, uh, it would be a violation of the First Amendment because you can't, the government cannot pick and choose what somebody can say simply because of their opinion. And uh, you know, especially on this topic, I mean, this is an important topic for, for Sophia to be able to clearly articulate her position. She needs to distinguish between men and women. And you need to be able to call a biological man a man uh, so that she can communicate her, her point that men shouldn't be competing against women. And so the, 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 the librarians shut them down because of their viewpoint, which is a clear First Amendment violation.
1: Right. And and so and that's why exactly. Can you explain the basics of the suit Um, and and then what you what you did? I'm assuming you you filed a you sent a letter in and what did they say?
2: Yeah. So what we tried to do was we we sent a letter initially and said, look, we want uh, you know, Sophia and the others want to hold this event. They want to be able to complete the event without getting shut down. Will you please confirm? That, in fact, they will be able to hold this event and they'll be able to express their opinion using terms to describe males as males and that they won't get shut down for that. Uh you know, library responded and said, well, you have your First Amendment rights and you can speak pursuant to the First Amendment. And we were like, well, we know that, but we've asked specifically for you to confirm that we will be able to use these terms without being shut down because they were un- uh, unwilling to confirm that. We had to file a federal lawsuit uh, in the Northern District of California, asking the court to um, do a couple things. First, to to add, to force this the library to modify their policies so that they are constitutional. Second, to enter an order requiring the library to allow Sophia and the others to hold this event at the library and not censor them. And third, to make them. Uh, actually enforce their policies and not allow others that d- disagree with Sophia from disrupting the event and not
1: allowing it to continue. Well, uh, and, and and those are the things that they they couldn't agree to.
2: That's right. Yeah, they were not willing to agree to all of those terms initially in our letter. So that's why we are forced to file a lawsuit so that we can get them to change the policy, allow them to hold this event, and make sure that others. Aren't you know disrupting the event? As Sophia indicated, she was going to allow them a time for a QA. If they disagreed with her, they could come up right. and ask questions. They didn't need to shout her down. Uh, if they disagreed, they can you know do it in a in a respectful way, but they were unwilling to do that. And the library, unfortunately, was unwilling to enforce it uh, in an even-handed fashion.
1: Wow. It, it just it's kind of unbelievable. I mean, this is a library, aren't they used to? knowing what the rules are regarding if they, I'm assuming if they open it up to anyone, they they can't discriminate based on the words that are said. Is that right?
2: That's exactly right. I mean, the library doesn't have to allow the members of the public to come in and use their facilities. But if they do open it up, then they have to open it up in a a manner that does not discriminate based upon the content and the viewpoint and they have to treat everybody equally. And that's not what they've done here. You know, if you if you read the lawsuit, you'll see there's this history of the library trying to censor uh, Moms for Liberty events. And and every time they would hold an event, they would bring their their books out and they would encourage protesters to come in and they wouldn't enforce the rules. Uh, you know they were really trying to to shut down and discriminate against this viewpoint because they disagree with it. And what we know for sure is the First Amendment does not allow government officials to pick and choose what language they like uh, and what they don't like and, and use their power to shut them down
1: right well I, I read, read through the lawsuit and I was curious about one of their responses to why they thought they had the right to prohibit Sophia's speech and they said something about fighting words that there are certain words that uh, um are not protected by the first amendment what are fighting words and
2: <laughs> yeah so there are there are very limited um, categories of speech that are not protected. You have incitement to imminent violence. And that has to literally be you know, saying, hey, let's go out right now and do something violent. Break these windows or you know, assault somebody, things like that. You have to actually, that would be an incitement. That's not protected. Fighting words—it's not really defined, but it's—it's it's more directed at, at a single individual, and it's—and di- it's basically a word or a some type of communication where um, everybody would know it's essentially designed to to create violence. Uh, you know, and and you're going to actually cause violence from that direct. Uh, you know, that that language. So those are that's what fighting words, and I guess you know, um, but but that is a very very narrow uh, uh, you know, category that's not protected. And it's done again, when you're directing it at somebody, you're insulting them, or you're saying, Hey, I'm going to come do some violence to you right now. That wouldn't be protected. That's clearly not what was happening here. Sophia was simply describing her, uh, experience as a college athlete and expressing her opinion that men shouldn't be competing against women, uh, and taking away their, uh, you know, their victories. So it clearly would not be fighting words. He's, he's definitely wrong on that. And I think that, you know, uh, the court
1: will recognize that. Wow. So, so what happens next? What, what's the latest?
2: Yeah, so the latest is after we filed the lawsuit, the, the county actually reached out to us and said, hey, would you be willing to talk about settlement? We said, absolutely. Our goal is not to have a long lawsuit. Our goal is to have good policies uh, and allow everybody to be able to use the library on an equal basis. And so our hope is that the county will modify its policies allow the groups to come back in, do the event, and then enforce their policies on an equal basis going forward. If they'll do that, we'll reach a settlement. If they won't, then we're going to ask the court to enter an injunction against the library, stopping them from enforcing this policy in an unconstitutional manner.
1: Wow. So I mean, it sounds like you've almost, you've almost got a victory here. I just, uh, They just have to put it in writing, I guess? Well, I hope so.
2: I mean, we haven't agreed on the terms yet. They they know what our demands are, and they've they've indicated that they're willing to talk with us. So uh, I'm hopeful that they'll do the right thing, and uh, you know that they'll allow this event to go forward, and that they'll ensure that it doesn't happen to anybody. I don't care whether they disagree with Sophia or they agree with them. Nobody should be shut down by a government official simply because the official disagrees with their viewpoint.
1: Absolutely. Well, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, appreciate Absolutely. it, and thanks so much for. Alliance defending freedom, being willing to leap in around the country and defend uh, folks' freedom of speech rights. I mean, we're we are so grateful.
2: Well, we're so thankful to partner with great organizations like California Family Council. You guys are doing awesome work, and anytime you need us to come in and help, we're we're willing to do that. So thank you very much for standing up. Appreciate
1: it. Thanks so much.
0: Joining us, Tyson.
2: Thanks, Sophia. Well, that's
0: awesome. Yeah. So a great little update. Um, Alliance Defending Freedom has just been absolutely phenomenal um, in this situation. And kind of like you said and Tyson said there at the end, um, this isn't our first time working with Alliance Defending Freedom. We work with them quite often when it comes to legislation in California, things happening across the nation. So they're always a great organization to partner alongside with.
1: That's awesome. Mm. All right. Next topic. Um, yes. Now you were down and we had, we had talked about this before on uh, a previous, we have, if you go on our website, you'll see various stories, a couple stories about this, but down in San Diego, there was a supervisor, um, who her name is, uh, Lawson Reamer, a mm-hmm. uh, supervisor, Tara Lawson Reamer. And she introduced, um, put on the agenda last month, uh, uh, like a proposal, uh, and the proposal had two parts to it. One part said, hey, hey, attorney, uh, county attorney, we want you to put together a lawsuit to close down all the, the 16 pregnancy centers in the San Diego County area because we think they're fraudulent. They're deceiving women and they're tricking them into coming and not getting abortions. Um, and then they were gonna put together a, a, a campaign Uh, like a media campaign to discredit all the great work that pregnancy care centers do uh, in that county. And they had a hearing. And Sophia, tell me about that hearing because you went and testified, didn't you?
0: Yes, I was there. That hearing was um, earlier in November. And I was there. There was quite a few pregnancy center directors there. There was nurses and doctors that worked at some of those pregnancy centers that were also there. Um, It was a great turnout. We had probably went on for two hours of people testifying and every single person testifying um, in person was in support. And I don't even believe anyone called or in opposition to it. So in support of the pregnancy centers. Um, And I believe all the telephone ones were also in opposition supporting the pregnancy centers. And there was over a thousand comments submitted online opposing um, Tara Lawson-Remmer's agenda item to attack pregnancy centers. And I believe about 930 of them um, about right about there were in um, opposition to this agenda item. So it was evident where the people of San Diego County stood when that was heard. The um, vote, it went 2-2 because there is five supervisor seats in San Diego County, but at the time there was only four filled seats. So the vote got split 2-2, which means the agenda item ultimately failed. To which then we received word that Supervisor Lawson Remmer was going to bring the agenda item back on um, December 5th, I believe it was. It was going to be voted on again just this past Tuesday. And so we got together, we got a game plan going. We talked to the people in San Diego County. Here's how to make a phone call. Here's how to submit letters because we need to fight this. Because now in this new meeting, there was officially that fifth seat was filled. And the person who filled that fifth San Diego Board of Supervisors seat was expected to vote in favor of the agenda item, which means it would have passed 3-2, ultimately attacking pregnancy centers and spreading a misinformation campaign about them. So... Like I said, we got together. We then got official word. It was on the agenda. It was online. It was on the agenda. And then all of a sudden, it got marked off the agenda. And so we're going, hmm, okay, it's not being heard. What's going on? And um, some of our um people that are beside us fighting this that are in San Diego County, they called her office just to simply thank her, say, thanks for removing this item. They weren't asking why or what happened. Just thank you for removing this. And um, Supervisor Lawson Remmer's office informed her that it was removed because there were so many calls from constituents and people of San Diego County asking her to remove it. And so she listened to the constituents. She removed it. There's always a chance it could be brought back, but this is a great win. Um, like I said, this would have been a horrendous attack on pregnancy centers, just absolutely spreading lies and misinformation about them. So it was a great win. It didn't even get heard. And we're going to um, stay focused, still paying attention to see if it ever gets brought back. But we shut it down here in San Diego County. And so hopefully no other counties take up the same idea because, like I said, we stopped it.
1: No, that's right. And in the infuriating part about this whole thing is she didn't even mention or name a particular pregnancy center that she thought was being deceiving. Right? She didn't name, she didn't say... And so that's just infuriating, like how can you combat a lie when you don't give any specifics to who's supposedly lying or who's deceiving? Like she didn't even bring forward a witness Mm -hmm. of some client that went into a pregnancy center and was deceived, right? And so that's the that's the insidious, awful nature about this is it's really a government official taking their power and deciding to slander and defame. A a nonprofit that she doesn't like their messaging. She's all pro-abortion, and she doesn't like that the pregnancy centers are out there offering a different message, right? Offering you know a, a way for people to actually have their children, mm-hmm. right? Not everybody who, not every woman who finds themselves pregnant and alone and needing help wants to abort their child. But who who do they go to? They can't go to Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood's not going to encourage them to have their child and provide, you know, all the things that would be needed to have a child. No, their their answer is abortion, right? Yeah. Eliminate the life of the child. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like you said, this is one of those issues with pregnancy centers. If you are pro-life or pro-abortion, whichever you are, you should be supporting them. Because all they do is simply help women and families and children in need. You call If we were to call it Planned Parenthood right now and I were to say, hey, I need some baby diapers and do you have any baby clothes? Nope, they couldn't help there. Do you have any formula? Nope, couldn't help. But the pregnancy centers do help as well as all of the services you can get at Planned Parenthood that are the good services again they don't provide anything good because when they provide murder there's no use to use them for anything else but when you can go get a pregnancy test when you can go get std testing sti testing all that most pregnancy centers provide those services different levels of pregnancy centers provide different things depending if they're a medical um, licensed clinic or not but yeah. they're there simply to help women so if you are pro-women and pro-children, and pro-families, and pro-men, you would support pregnancy centers because all they do is offer free services.
1: So Right. That- and it, it, it's just so important for us to defend these centers when they're attacked by legislators. Call them out for lying. Mm-hmm. Don't let them get away with slander. Because um, they, you know, I think the public assumes, well, if you don't defend yourself, then you almost, you're like admitting what they're saying is true. So, mm-hmm. you, you, you know. So I'm glad to see this happen. I hope this uh, sends a message to every county supervisor in the California who thinks about doing something similar. Beyond that, it's completely illegal, right? Uh, You you can't limit somebody's free speech. You can't limit the free speech of these pregnancy centers simply because you don't like their message.
0: Exactly. And, you know, we kind of started this podcast. um, We actually started it this January, January of this past year. And the whole goal was to inform you all in the easiest way possible what's happening at the Capitol, what bills are being heard this week, how to fight the legislation, all that. And of course, right now we're not in legislative session. So that's why we're updating you on so many other things um, that just happened across California. But we have right now, I think, one of the, um, honestly, one of the most amazing things that California Family Council has to offer. And it is the scorecards that Greg himself worked very hard to get together to inform you all. And so it's like, you know, you go to school, you're there for your semester, you get your scorecard at the end of the year. How did you do based off of what the teacher said? How did you do and all that? So we have our own California Family Council scorecards where every legislator in California from on the state Senate side and the assembly member side, received a score based off of the bills that we are watching this year. And so, um, Greg, I will pull up right now the uh, assembly member's scorecard sheet so everyone can kind of see how the assembly members ranked based off of CFC's opinion. So there you go, here we see, who do we have at the top, Greg, for the assembly?
1: Well, we have, there are only four legislators got an A out of 80 in the assembly um and that was assembly member woman Megan Dolly and she's up in the Reading area uh assemblyman Vince Fong he's down in the Bakersfield Kern County area uh assemblyman Joe Patterson he's over uh, by um Rockland area which is just east of Sacramento for those of you who don't know um and then uh assemblyman uh try ta um, and Trita he um represents uh down in orange county northern orange county westminster garden grove area um and so yeah so they, they are the ones that got the top grade and now we are we're if, you, if well, we'll show you what uh, an, an individual scorecard looks like but they have like you know a- around 20 different bills that we graded them on and so if they voted the way we wanted them to uh then they got the full points right yeah um, everyone on and the assembly,
0: assembly member megan dolly's individual scorecard
1: okay so you can see that right there so if you look at it um the color behind the bill number like the very top bill number is ab567 uh, 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 if the color is red that means we wanted them to vote no Right. So you can see that we wanted most of these bills to be <laughs> defeated. But there was one green bill, SB 14, that was a human trafficking bill, uh, that we wanted people to vote yes on. All right. And so if you look at how Megan Daly did, that shows her vote. A, a nay means she voted no too. So if she's uh, if, if we have a red behind the the bill, that means that's a bad bill, and she voted no. So she agreed with us. So when the colors match. That means that that legislator is voting the way we want them to. So she voted, uh, she only voted, uh, let's see, she didn't vote on the way we wanted to. You can see on AB uh, 230, uh, that's, she. you see that's green. Though she voted yes, an I, an A, an I? How do you say that? <laughs> <An> a yay, yay. <laughs> uh, yay is a yes. And so she voted yes on a bill that requires schools to stock minstrel products in third and fourth grade girls bathrooms and at least one boy bathroom uh, so we were against that bill specifically for you know sticking minstrel products in a boys' bathroom in third grade anyway but she she voted yes on that one but that was like the only bill that uh, she voted that we didn't like now you also see it'll say um, it'll say there's a yellow spot means that uh, that's ABS means abstention. Now, abstention means that there was no vote taken. So the that means either she was not there or she was there and just didn't vote on that bill. Um, and so she only didn't vote on two of these bills that we were looking at. And so if you didn't vote on the bill, you get half a point marked down. Um, if, you, if you voted differently the way you wanted to, then you got a full point markdown. So because she only voted once the way we didn't want it, and she only voted twice, didn't vote at all, she got a pretty good direct grade. So that's how, that's how the grades work. Um,
0: every legislator is based off of these same list of bills. So we're just showing you hers. So you can see what the bills are and all that, but every state senator and assembly member was, again, graded off this exact list of bills right here. And then um, something I just wanted to point out back to the assembly member's scorecard, how we have top four up there. Um, Something that I think is really great and encouraging for us here in California is assembly member Joe Patterson, who's one of the top four. He is actually a freshman this year. This was his first year as an assembly member. Um, He's been doing a lot of work in the Capitol, working in different staff and things like that. But first year as a legislator, and he got, again, he was in the four with the highest score that all tied for that 91, um, as a freshman. So really encouraging, um, just to see that from him. And also I do want to clarify, you can see at the top, it says California Family Alliance. We have our California Family Council, and then we have our C4 California Family Alliance. And so that's where these scorecards are coming through. So if you go to californiafamily.org, you won't find this on that website, but if you go to californiafamilyalliance.com, you'll find all of this there. Um, Greg, well, let's do- talk-
1: We talked about the good news. Let's let's talk about some of the bad news. Because as you can see on this this list, we got a lot of bad grades. Mm -hmm. Actually, most people failed, right? Um, And why don't we start with the worst Republicans in the Assembly. You can see on there, um, Assemblywoman Marie Waldron uh, got a 48%. Uh, She is from the Escondido area. She used to be a lot more conservative. She was even on the Christian Caucus at one time um, that uh, was put on by the uh, Salt and Light Council. Uh, She has fallen. I think this is her last term, though. Um, So that's kind of sad to see. There's another freshman um, uh, legislator from the Central Valley, Juan uh, Alanis. And he got a forty-one. And then the worst Republican of all was Assemblyman Greg Wallace, a twenty-eight percent. That is just—it's why why in the world does he not just go to the other party? I don't know. He voted against all the abortion. He voted for all the abortion bills, most of the education bills we were against, most of all the LGBT bills. Um, It's pretty bad.
0: Yeah, and I think what's most disappointing is that when you see the Republican at 28 and then the first Democrat at 24, we're not a purple state. We Everyone knows California is a very blue state when it comes to our legislature. Everyone knows that California Democrats are not moderate. We know here that our California Democrats, compared to other states, are some of the most extreme Democrat legislators um, across the nation. So if the Republicans here in California were doing a good job, then there would have been a pretty large split. It should have been maybe the lowest Republican at 70 percent and then the highest Democrat at 24 percent. There should have been a very large split because of how extreme the Democrats are. That just goes to show that when you vote in a Republican, they're not always going to Sacramento and doing the right thing. Um, Right. Greg, do you want to maybe highlight how, well, I can't even say the bottom four. It looks like it goes 4% and it looks like there's about 20 of them at 4%. Well,
1: let me, let me highlight the best Democrat was Assemblyman uh, Timothy Grayson. He's actually a pastor. Um, I think he is the only pastor in the uh, legislature. Anyway, so he had 24 and, and what got him a 24? Well, he didn't vote. He didn't vote on a couple of abortion bills. He didn't vote to remove the traditional biblical definition of marriage from the constitution. Um, And so that's what got him 24%, a a couple not voting. And yeah, I don't think he voted. He voted with us on one bill, really, uh, regarding human trafficking. And, And actually, if you see um every no one got a zero and that's because there was one bill that everyone on both sides of the legislature voted for that we were for as well that and that was the bill introduced by Shannon Grove um uh senator Shannon Grove and it was to make human trafficking of a minor a serious felony um and which would result in longer jail terms um it applies to the three strikes rule. So it was increasing penalties on, you know, people selling minors for sex. Um, And so no one wanted to vote against that. So every so no one got a zero. So that's what all. if you look at the list, you'll see all these people who got 4%. That's what they voted on. Otherwise, they would have got zeros. So folks are in allegedly are pretty darn hostile to biblical values. Mm-hmm. Um and this this is just an objective nonpartisan uh list of grading. Like we didn't know how it would all turn out. We I mean sometimes we were like surprised at some people. It's like, wow, I didn't know they were that conservative, and then wow, I didn't know they were that liberal. Yes. Um so and I and, think
0: it's yeah. also important to know that this isn't based off of any of their social media posts or if they spoke out or not on the floor. This is simply based off of their voting record, which is public information for everyone. We've put it together to match up with the bills we were watching, fighting, the one that we were supporting. Um, but this isn't there's no way to say, well, you misunderstood when I said that or I didn't mean that when I said that. this is simply they just had to click yes or no. Or abstain from voting on a bill so it's simply based off what they did and it's public knowledge that we have then used
1: right well when we flip to the senate side because i know we talked about the assembly
0: yes here we have the state senator so as you can see there's a lot less because that's just how it works we have a lot Yeah. Less
1: were, we had no a's in the senate mm-hmm. and that was mostly because a lot of people aren't voting um and here's here's something that is probably going to get the republicans a little annoyed at us because To pass a bill, you have to have a number of yes votes. So technically, um, not voting has the same effect as a no vote. But the thing is, when you don't vote, people don't really know if you just weren't there or you were sitting there at your desk and you refused to say anything. And, And we have noticed a big trend especially among Republicans of just not voting on issues because they don't want anybody to know that they were, uh, I don't know, they, they don't want to vote no. They think it's too harsh or they don't want anybody call them out for it. But if you're elected to the legislature, we believe you need to be voting, right? And so we are grading people down for not voting. So hopefully we're hoping um, when we start telling people, let the public know that, you know, your legislators are just sitting there not doing anything, you know, They by not voting, um, you know, encourage them to vote. I mean, you're up there to make a decision. If you don't like a bill, you say no. Um, so if you look at this list, our top two uh, senators were B pluses, 89, that was uh, Brian Jones. He's actually the uh, the leader of the Republicans, um, and then uh, Kelly, and he's from the San Diego area, East East County, and then Senator uh, Kelly Siarto, he is from like the Marietta, um, the Marietta area, and so they were the most conservative Republicans we had. Uh, the mo- the kind of the worst Republicans we had were uh, Senator Ochoa Bo, but by by worst, she only got seven. She got seventy-two, so she at least passed. So like the worst we had in the assembly was 28. (laughs) So, you know, and and Scott uh, Wilkes, um, he almost got a B, but uh, is there at 78. Um, And then you have a Republican, a Democrat who's up to 30%. So she is the most conservative, at least biblical, uh, biblical voter, most biblically voting um, Democrat there is. And I know she's a, uh person of faith. Um she has a says she's a Christian, and I know she's been going to a Bible study. Um, but she's still voting on a lot of bad bills that are not Christian, do not reflect Christian values. So that's the problem, is a lot of a lot of these folks would claim to be Christians, but they do not vote. The the things they vote for contradict Christian values, which you know, is a hard to understand. Um and so and the, the last thing I was gonna talk about was just who who is the who are the legislators in the Senate and the Assembly who are voting who are absent the most or abstaining the most.
0: Yeah, so here you can see Assemblymember Philip Chen's um scorecard. And again, as Greg said earlier, um underneath the bill color is the way we wanted people to vote. So we wanted people to vote no, so red on all of these but SB14. And then where it says how they voted, if it matches the color, then they did good. If it doesn't, then they didn't do good. So that yellow where it says ABS, that means they abstained from voting. And as Greg was mentioning earlier, we didn't elect these people or send these people to Sacramento to be silent. You work in any other job and you decide to not show up. And I'm not even saying that they didn't show up. Many of the times they're there sitting there and they choose to not vote. You go work any other job where you're not elected into it, but you're hired and you choose to sit at the office for the day and do nothing, you're fired. That's the situation. And honestly, that's how it should start getting treated. If the legislators are going up to Sacramento and they're not getting work done and they're not voting, the one thing we send them up there to do is introduce legislation and vote. People need to be aware of that, and so that's why we have a seven-member Philip Chen scorecard up here. Because look at all the yellows he has there.
1: He has eight times he didn't vote. Now, he could have been really—I don't—you know—he could not be showing up. Either he's sick. I mean, sometimes there's a legitimate reason for not being there. Um, but if you got eight, there's a trend, right? <laughs> there's a trend, and uh, the trend is. You're trying not to uh, offend anybody by your votes, but you're not. Listen, you're going up there to represent your rep- uh, represent your constituents. You might as well be up there defending voting no, if you you know all the other legislators are doing so. I mean, the Democrats, lots and lots of Democrats, there are zero abstentions. Now, what's that about, <laughs> right? They they are voting no or yes for all these bills.
0: There needs um, to be like a rule that the only reason you could have an abstain vote is if you actually physically were not there, <laughs> like force them into voting. And I mean, obviously, but it, it's not a rule.
1: But to figure out. I'm sorry.
0: No, good. I was just gonna say if there's not a rule to actually force them into voting, then constituents need to be paying attention to who their legislators are, and if they're not voting, call them up, ask them why they're not voting.
1: Well, and this is it, you know. And I think this is done on purpose. But if you try and find out if uh, the abstention was because of an absent, you were absent, or because you were just sitting, you're desk and didn't vote, they don't make that easy to figure out. It is complicated. You got to make some phone calls. You got to look up um, on an, an official document, and it's buried where the absences were. They don't make it easy, and so I think they do that on purpose um i wish they wouldn't i wish they would simply uh have you can you know absent or abstention or yes or no that would make it simple and then on the senate side uh the person who also didn't vote eight times was actually Shannon Grove um you know one of our champions for many of the things we 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 believe in but she's uh, got a habit of not voting uh, on a bunch of a bunch of bills so hopefully this next year both these legislators will start voting more. We hope them all to be voting more. Yeah, uh, and it it just, up as well.
0: Yeah, cuz it wasn't just them two. They just were the two on,
1: on each side. That, yeah, there was, there was a lot of sevens at, and sixes and fives, but those two members are the ones that had eight. Yeah. So
0: and I just want to point out now that you guys can see the state senate um, report card again. Um a trend that we always see on social media and all that is how upset parents and Christians are with the bills Senator Scott Weiner is introducing and how he votes and all that. And yes, we again, if he does something good, we'll praise him. If he does something against what we stand for, we're going to call it out. So quite often we are calling him out. But look at the state Senate report card. He's not the only one with the four percent. He has quite a few people alongside of him. So it's important to just kind of be aware that there's just not one or two people up there attacking Christian values, not voting how we would want them to, going uh, directly against parents, um, being extremely pro-abortion, pro-trans ideology. It's not just him. Look at all the people that are aside with him. I mean, I just hope that's maybe a wake up call too to people of California that it's it's a wide group of people up there attacking our values, not just one person.
1: Right. And another thing, I hope this um, this reveals is there is a difference in the parties. <laughs> you notice that all the, the the all the folks at the top of the list are Republicans, and all the people at the bottom of the list that are Democrats. Now, why is that? Well, because party platforms have an influence on their on their voting, and so to simply for churches to say, you know, there's no difference between God doesn't care whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. It all just doesn't, they're all, God doesn't care, right? Well, parties matter and this reveals how parties matter because parties are based on beliefs and these parties are promoting and, you know, they just have different belief systems. And so anyway, this is, this is objective. We haven't, set this up just to make all the Democrats fail and the Republicans uh, succeed, you know, succeed. I mean, I wish our whole goal would be have more Democrats get higher and higher grades. That's what we would love. We don't care. You <laughs> don't care if it makes Democrats look better. Um, ultimately, we want everybody to be reading their Bibles and be uh, taking the principles of justice and goodness and righteousness. And those to be reflected in the laws of the land. Um, that's our ultimate goal. We're not here to promote a particular party.
0: Absolutely. And um, I just want to highlight too, Greg, you mentioned um, with, let's see, Senator Marie Alvarado-Gill, you mentioned she's a Democrat. She did get the highest score out of all the Democrats um, on both sides. And you, um, she has talked about how she is um, a woman of faith. And It's shocking. How can someone say they're a woman of faith and vote the way she has on certain things? And I think that also goes back to um, the church has failed on talking about these issues. And not everyone, there's pastors that do, there's Christians that get involved. But this goes to show that if you are at a church or have a pastor that isn't talking about this stuff, have those conversations with your pastor open up that door and ask them, why aren't you talking about this? Because it leads to people like Senator Marie Alvarado Gill. And so also I just think, you know, we have a lot of parents that sit here and listen and let this be um, a lesson that wherever you plug your children in with or have those conversations with, with your children, you don't necessarily need a pastor and someone else to do it. Sit down with your child and explain to them how to live out their life as a Christian based off of biblical values um, and that's, I think that's how we're going to make a major change here in California. But I just wanted to note how it results in someone saying they're a woman of faith, but voting that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's the, if, and I've seen this happen before, you, you have some of these legislators, they grow up in church, but they're never taught or discipled on how to apply their, the Bible to everyday issues. Right, and they're told there's some type of separation that the Bible's not to apply to political issues and to uh, issues of morality that affect society. Wrong, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Jesus never said that. Right, Daniel, uh, all all the uh, you know heroes of the Bible. They never they never said the Bible's not to affect the way uh, a governor should lead. Uh, uh, a political official should make decisions about justice. No, God calls all of us to live by justice, right? Um, and so that includes how laws are applied to to every every everybody's society. So anyway,
0: um, well, that is all we have for you this week. Um, we are wrapping up at the of. We are wrapping up with the end of the year, Um, and as we approach the new year, we're over at CFC getting ready for next year's legislative session to get you all informed about that. But we also want to kind of highlight some of the wins. You know, we talk often about this bad bill passed or this happened, but... As some bad as some of the bills were this year, I think we've also seen so many wins this year and so many good things come out of this year and protecting biblical values here in the state of California. So tune in next week because we're actually going to be having multiple different podcasts throughout next week and the week following with just updates with um, some special guests joining us on the podcast, talking about how we worked with them this year and the great things that have happened here in California. So... Tune in with us for those recaps starting next week.
1: Sounds good. All right,
0: see you all.